It's now time for your Election Crimes Bulletin with Greg Pallast. Oh, yes. Uh, just in time, Mr. Pallast. This is Dennis Bernstein. This is our weekly edition of the Election Crimes Bulletin. Usually we come to you on Thursday, but... Uh, uh, this is a special week, and uh, we are celebrating, among other things, the soon-to-be-released vigilante George's vote suppression hitman. Greg Palast has uh, been busy making friends and enemies in uh, that place called Georgia. Uh, Greg, there is a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on. Well, but let, let's start this one. Let's call this one a, a begin as a primer. Today, I believe, if I'm not losing my brain, is National Voter Registration Day. Why do we have registration? Should we be afraid of registration? Right now, it's being turned against the people. Well, Dennis, it's always been turned against the people. Why do we have registration? Think about it. My uh, wife, who's a British and Swiss citizen... She doesn't register to vote. She doesn't register to vote in Switzerland. She's a, she's a citizen. By the way, it has a bigger immigrant population by percentage than the United States. They're, they have open borders all over Europe. So if there was ever a case to be made like non-citizens, foreigners, etc., could vote in their elections, no, they're not suspicious. They don't assume that someone's committing a crime because it doesn't happen. So why do we have registration? Let's go back. Remember, we didn't always have registration of voters in America. It started pretty much in Pennsylvania when they were trying to stop uh, black people who had been moving up from the South from voting. So registration only was in the cities. So only city dwellers. So you have the Italian immigrants, you have the black uh, diaspora coming up from the South. And then in New York, you had Jews. So that it, well, registration was something that was meant for for minorities, for working people, for immigrants to, um, again, give them a hurdle. In fact, I think when New York City first started registrations, they only allowed you to register on Saturday, which is a way to keep Jews from registering to vote. I kid you not. We have a, so the history of registration in America, first of all, we don't why do we register Saturday. Americans. <laughs> yeah. And as you have, you're an American. You go in, it's a, it's a crime to vote if you're not American, if you're an illegal voter, et cetera. It's a crime. And uh, to go to jail crime, you get caught. I've never heard of anyone doing anything but getting jail time for it. There is no reason for these laws except the value of registration is to stop people from voting. And the real value of registration is to remove people's registration. The so-called purge is, you know, like uh, the enema to the voter rolls. So registration itself is the number one vote suppression horror show in America, and it hasn't been here forever. And by the way, A. Dakota, I think it's North, uh, has no voter registration, and you don't see a bunch of Canadians rushing in and picking their governor. You don't see moose or buffalo crowding the, the polling stations. So, and so without voter registration, somehow... Somehow they have fair and clean elections in Dakota. So why do we have registration? So we can stop people from, we can remove registrations, we can stop registrations, et cetera. And of course, in Jim Crow, it really had teeth because you had now everything from the jelly bean jar to uh, recite the Constitution. And in fact, and, and now, but now, Greg, and this is this is where we're going to go today. And now yeah. it's become 
much more systematic, uh, much more effective because there are ways to do it through computers and uh, electronically. And there is uh, just straight up, I'll, uh, given the political uh, situation, the temperature of the times, voter suppression, it's back, it's big time. And what you've been covering and documenting and what you've documented in your new film is become a, mm -hmm. uh, a cross-country pandemic. So as you like to point out, whatever is happening in Georgia is coming to a state near you soon. Yes, and, and let's, let's take a, a look at some of these things. For example, in Texas. So one of the things that, that we have talked about a great deal in my, in my latest investigations in this past year focused on Georgia. Again, focused on Georgia. I'm all over, I'm all over America, and by the way, all over the world looking at elections. But I keep going to Georgia because it is ground zero where they test drive the ugliest new Jim Crow techniques. So what you heard when you hear the, the election crimes uh, little bumper vignette and you hear a woman screaming at me, get out of my house, get out now. Um, this is after I say, so you challenged, you didn't call any of these voters, but you challenged them. This is the woman. You'll see her in uh, the film, uh, Vigilante. Georgia's vote suppression hitman. Uh, there's many hitmen. There's 88 vigilante hitmen in uh, in Georgia. But the reason it's singular is that they all ultimately take their marching orders from vigilante number one, Governor Brian Kemp. But this woman, whose name is Pam Rudin, she was running for vice chair of the Republican Party. She is a Republican official working for uh, Marjorie Taylor, working with Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, in Cobb County. She personally challenged 32,000 voters. There were so many she couldn't print them. <laughs> she lot. couldn't print them out. She said it was too expensive. She went to Kinko's, you know, and say, "Well, it'd be, you know, be about a uh -huh. seven-foot stack of papers, and we're going to charge you a thousand bucks." So, you know, vote suppression. If it's going to cost that much, you don't want to do it. But, but instead, she literally submitted a thumb drive with these names. So I asked her if she called 32,000 voters, or even 32. And she says, I don't have time to call 32,000 people, but you had time to challenge their right to vote. Now, this is under SB 202, the bill signed by Brian Kemp, and it says that anyone can challenge a, quote, unlimited number of voters. And so you had her. Uh, you'll see, we're going to hear later a little uh, clip from the film, uh, One Vigilante who challenged 4,000 voters, another 15,000 voters, another 16,000 voters, 88 voters. And then there's new challenges coming in every day. A guy named Garland Favorito, who um, he has now challenged another 20,000 voters in just Gwinnett County. Gwinnett is a suburb of Atlanta, a little piece of the city and, and, and outwards. It was a Republican stronghold. Now it's turned blue. So obviously that has to be fraud. And what they mean by fraud, if you what we go through these lists. We I got the thirty two thousand names from from the government. We we filed freedom of information requests, some governments some counties resisted. But we went through the names. We called eight hundred people on that list. We did what what the challenger, the vigilante didn't. Called eight hundred. And they said, two oh one, what are they talking about? I don't live where I live, I'm not who I am. I don't live in Georgia. What are you talking about? What do you mean I'm challenged? Wow. Now, this is deeply evil because understand how this works. Like Gwinnett said, they got 20,000 challenges. And first of all, this is after, after the state has removed hundreds of thousands of voters. Their lists are horribly inaccurate. They're removing legal voters. 
So if the state, which wildly removes voters on the least pretext, so after that big purge removal by, by the state of Georgia, these vigilantes, by the way, every single one of them, everyone is a GOP operative. I'm not being partisan. I'm just telling you how it is. Everyone is a GOP operative, and their lists are overwhelmingly voters of color and young people. If you eliminate, uh, they, they go after young voters because they're kind of voters of color, too. The color's blue. And again, I'm not, you know, it's not here. I'm not in the Democratic Party protection business. As you know, we've talked about California, which is makes it horrific for um, uh, independent voters to cast votes in the primary. So we right. see it by the Democrats. But the new mass computerization, computerized attack on voter rolls is coming right this year in the past few years from the GOP. And again, you've made the point. It's not just Georgia. So we have, we're going, you'll see in the film, the attackers, those people, we did something that they didn't do. We actually met with a lot of people who were attacked. But again, it's not just Georgia. We went to Wisconsin. But before we leave Georgia, it's important always to make the point. There's a reason that you're spending a lot of time and energy uh, in Georgia because of the elections that are taking place there that are definitive, will be definitive in terms of how this country is going to be controlled or whether it will be, in fact, determined by elections anymore. So Georgia well, is very the heart of the matter, but it's, the, it's like yeah. the, the fuse lit. Well, let's remember, we have a dead heat for the U.S. Senate, which will control the U.S. Senate, the dead heat between Reverend Senator Raphael Warnock, who is the incumbent, who has to run again. He won last year, but he has to run again because it was a, it was a, he was filling out an unfinished term, and Herschel Walker, the, uh, the football star, and they are in a statistical dead heat. They're depending on which poll, they're one percentage point apart. Uh, Stacey Abrams is now in a statistical heat with Governor Brian Kemp. And again, as, as she put it, because she's getting – that's the other thing. You know, the Democratic Party does not want anyone talking about stolen elections. We don't do that. We don't ever talk about those things, you know. Um, in fact, Adam Schiff, my congressman, said anyone who questions the fairness of American elections is, is undermining our democracy. So, I mean, I'm sure he would love to imprison me if he could. Uh, I'm not kidding. But that's the Democrats. So, but Stacey Abrams has now, instead of saying that the election was stolen from me, which she used to say, now says the election was unfair. I lost because of the rules that are unfair. So, okay, let's use that term. So it's down to that. But as other races tighten, you're now seeing the Georgia techniques go elsewhere. So, for example, Wisconsin, you now have uh, an African-American lieutenant governor, very progressive, Mandela Barnes who's running against uh, the incumbent Senator Ron Johnson, the Republican. And that's another dead heat. So once again, the Wisconsin legislature, you have a Democratic governor, and Barnes is obviously the lieutenant governor. But the legislature is overwhelmingly Republican because of insane amount of gerrymandering. It's not the, a- the average. The average Wisconsin, it's a Democrat, but it's a Republican legislature. And they have passed massive voter purge laws, and they are now witnessing, again, this whole challenge business. And there I spoke to a, uh, a, Viet- a young, Viet- when I say Vietnamese, a Vietnamese-American student. His parents came over from Vietnam. He moved two doors down, as students do. Uh, he moved from one, you know, one uh, part of a building with student housing down the street to another. 
he has lost, he lost his vote because they said, you know, he moved, you know, he moved away from, he moved away from Wisconsin from his voting address. Well, just so you know, in every state in America, if you, if you move, but within your county, you don't lose your vote. Who is this, who's vulnerable to this? Again, in Wisconsin, you have this gigantic University of Wisconsin voting block, which is key to Nelson, to Nelson Mandela, to Mandela Barnes campaign. So they want to knock out the students. And one thing they've done, they've got 150,000 students in the University of Wisconsin system. You have to have photo ID, state photo ID. Well, you say, well, the state photo ID is my University of Wisconsin card, student card. No, no, no. They wrote the law in such a way that you have to have a state photo ID if that's your gun license, your driver's license. But... Your student uh, ID doesn't count. And in Milwaukee, who doesn't have a driver's license? Well, people who don't drive. Who doesn't drive? Urbanites, poor people without cars. Uh, This is not rocket science. They don't have those driver's licenses. And if anyone thinks it's easy to get these things, my African-American associate uh, producer, uh, Jevin Lamar, here in California, had to go eight times before they give him his license. And by the way, your license goes with your vote. Because I went in with him. I'm the middle-aged white guy. I said I just moved back to California. They said, well, what's your new address, sir? And they gave me a temporary license over the counter. He's with me. Move. <laughs> He's with me. And they said, where's your passport? So this is the type of thing that goes on. And, and I wanted to bring up that California story because I know we love to think that, oh, we're, we're just, you know, you know, we eat organic we're, we're better kale. better than the rest. Yeah. yeah, we eat organic kale and, uh, you know, we have tans like Newsom, and therefore we're not Jim Crow racist. But, yeah, it's endemic in the system. And so what we see in Georgia, we see everywhere else, maybe more polite. All right, well, let, let's take a look at Florida. Because as yeah, you demonstrated in uh, 2000, uh, it usually turns up ugly, and racism always seems to be somewhere at the core of disenfranchisement. And uh, it looks like the current governor there uh, is no shrinking violet in terms of suppression. Well, we have we just had uh, 2,000 people from one one guy. This is their new trick, just so you know. They took the Georgia trick where they t- look at people who've put in change of address forms with the post office. That's the first thing. Now, if you are in the military, if you are a student, if you're on uh, a long vacation or whatever, but generally it's students and military people, they, of course, put in change of address forms because they're long-term uh, you know, assigned somewhere else, and they are being challenged on the grounds that they don't – that they are not – at their voting address. But that's the point, Dennis, of an absentee ballot. Absentee ballots are designed for people who are, guess what, absent. But they have their regular address because if you're in the Army, you go where the commander-in-chief tells you, and you will meet in, in our film a soldier, actually the, the U.S. military's advisor on, uh, on warfare of the future, pretty substantial title. He's... he's uh, career military and a, a brilliant and a genius, but he also has the, uh, the problem that he is African-American, so his vote was challenged, one of our top military experts, and he had to fly back to um, Georgia to save his vote. He wasn't going to let them take it away. He actually flew back and uh, got lawyered up and, got, and then spent time with me. I mean, 
How many people can do that? That's a hell of a poll tax to have to fly back, get lawyers, and call a couple, and call a journalist to, to get the story out, to get your vote back. A judge did, by the way, in his case, because he raised hell and went through this whole thing. He said, put me back and the 4,000 other people at Fort Benning who have lost their vote. Can you imagine this is the Fort Benning area? These soldiers, black soldiers. He said, uh, me and my fellow warriors right now who are defending your nation. And the judge said, no, I'll give you back your vote, but no one else. I kid you not. This is what's going on in America. And unfortunately, because it's stuck in, in Georgia... We just had just 2,000 challenges in one county in Florida, and you know once that starts, my experience, it will get to 100 and 200,000 in a blink. And here's the real danger, Dennis. That, well, there's so many dangers, but one real serious danger is that a lot of states like Georgia will require you, say you can challenge a voter on Election Day, the chaos. The holding up of lines in minority areas, which already suffer from four or five hour lines, and challenges to voters who've already voted so that they don't even know it. In other words, you're, you mail in your ballot. This just happened in Gwinnett County, again, this suburb of Atlanta. One guy just challenged 20,000 voters in this one county in Georgia. And Though they said every one of those people he challenged has already received a vote, received their absentee ballot. What they don't know when they fill it out and send it back in is that they've been challenged. Now, some of them, they're supposed to get a postcard, but, you know, you junk mail, you don't see it. And unless they physically go into the county offices, 20,000 people, and each of them have to go through a certification hearing, and it must be done within six days of election day or they lose their vote as the county says how do we what happens 20,000 people show up 200 people show up and we can't handle it so what's going to happen is merely by making these challenges thousands and thousands of people especially students especially soldiers who have become very democratic by the way uh, in their voting patterns they know it Right. Um, and they are um, they're going to lose their votes. And then there's going to be all this pressure if Stacey Abrams falls short because 20,000 voters in uh, Gwinnett and 32,000 voters in Cobb and 4,000 voters in Muskogee are not allowed to vote. Their votes aren't counted. They're gonna, there's going to be all this pressure. Oh, Stacey Abrams is whining just like Trump. No. There's, right. The big difference is that Trump is faking it. This is, he's in Fantasy Island. These are real voters that I've spoken to, I've called, I've filmed, who are being shafted out of their votes. And it's, it's spreading. I, just, I mentioned uh, Harris County, which is Houston, Texas. You've had thousands of new challenges because what's happening is, is that the organization True the Vote, which is creating these lists, there are other groups which are simply telling people how to go about challenging voters. So they're, they're creating this whole new vigilante army. So when I talk about vigilantes of Georgia, that's simply where it began, where it's most developed, where it is actually where this ugly challenge business is actually being run and created by the governor himself, who's also the candidate. 
and by the way, if you think you have, and who do you appeal to? The answer is you no longer even have their secretary of state is no longer in charge of determining whether these votes count. Under the new SB 202 law, the ultimate decider of who's in charge, who certifies the vote is, guess what, Brian Kemp, the governor. He's take, he was Secretary of State in charge. So he was in charge of counting his own votes as Secretary of State when he ran against Stacey Abrams in 18. Now for the 22 rematch, he has made himself the final arbiter once again of the vote, taken away from his Secretary of State. And you will see in the film, you meet a woman, Helen Butler. She's considered, she's called Mrs. Vote in Georgia because she is like the, the top expert in, in voting procedure in Georgia. She is african-american so she's automatically suspect she was on the morgan county board of elections helen butler and the soon as sb202 was passed one of his first acts the governor removed her from the elections board dangerous stuff because she was questioning this whole business of not certifying the results of the vote which is what trump wanted so remember don't assume that there was re- that Kemp resisted Trump because remember Brian Kemp has won a court order allowing him to delay his grand jury testimony until after the election, which I found outrageous. I mean, this whole idea. That uh, uh, just a, a line, just a word, because we're running out of time. But remind people how important that illegal action is that's happening there because it's it's more it, it has more chance of going forward than what we see disappearing in the national security hole in uh, Florida. That would be that would be right. In other words, the real threat to Donald Trump and and the people around him, especially Giuliani, and and the people that came up with these hit lists. Uh, the, their lawyer, Cleta Mitchell, they're all involved in this. And I, you know, I, I've done racketeering cases in Georgia. The law there's tough. I, it's hard for me to imagine how some of these guys are going to avoid indictment. The question, of course, becomes Trump. And, of course, the Justice Department has nothing well, to do with And Giuliani is already a target. Giuliani, yes. she is, he is a named target of this. Right. Uh, what I'm concerned about right? is that is that if Brian, we need to know, I think that the voters of Georgia need to know if Brian Kemp in his conversations with Donald Trump said, okay, I've got a new law that will allow me to decertify the elections. So we'll look for 2024. Or did he say, what else? What was in that conversation? I think the voters need to know what he did and what he said with a guy who was trying to overthrow American democracy. And I don't think that, that there should be a delay till after the election to find out about it. He should answer those questions now. And you know what, Mr. Kemp? Why don't you answer those questions now? You don't have to be under oath. What, you're going to lie if you're not under oath? Uh, so I'm very concerned. You're, you're right, and this is a big problem, is that we can end up with electing people who will then be under indictment. And then are they going to claim some type of special immunity there? You know, this is what I'm. I am uh, right. The, this I, is you know, a new I'm world. Concerned about that. Right. This is the new world order of vote suppression. You're listening to the Election Crimes Bulletin on Flashpoints. We do this with Greg Palast every week. Usually we do it on Thursday. We're doing it on today, Tuesday, to celebrate the upcoming release of uh, Greg's wonderful new important film, Vigilante. 